Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Welcome to Senior Care Live. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate you. This program is all about educating seniors and their caregivers, helping them make informed decisions. This is a trusted place for you and your family. If you have a question, you can visit us online. It's a great website, Senior Care Live, L-I-V-E, SeniorCareLive.com. If you want to make a phone call, super simple, just call one 800 331 Six four four five. All right, we're going to have an excellent program today. Would like to introduce my friends and special guest today, Karen Honholt, and she's the vice president of, of development, and Mary Zaner Bauer, director of donor relations with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. Uh, so, uh, Karen and Mary, welcome to Senior Care Live. Thank you. We're glad to be here. All right. And of course, we're socially distanced. Everyone's in their own uh, home offices. And so we're nice and safe and, uh, and good, uh, good uh, today. And so I, I really appreciate the topic of, of this particular program. It's going to be excellent. Uh, Karen and Mary, could you share a little bit about your background and your work with Kansas City Hospice? Sure. I'd love to. Thanks, Steve. This is Mary. And I am born and raised in Kansas City. Um, hold my bachelor's in social work and have a passion for end-of-life care. I've spent my career in the healthcare industry and 13 years ago jumped at the opportunity to work where my true passion lies and for what I think is the best hospice in Kansas City. As director of donor relations, I have the joy of working with individuals and families from all walks of life that want to help others and make a difference, to find a way that is meaningful and impactful to them while supporting the mission of Kansas City Hospice. I love it. Okay, excellent, excellent. And uh, so how many years have you been with Kansas City Hospice? 13 years. 13 years. Wow, that's that's excellent. Thank you so much for everything you do at uh, Kansas City Hospice. That's fantastic. And, and Karen? Uh, let's uh, let's hear from you. 
Great. Well, um, thank you for having us on the show, Steve. And um, I am, um, I've been in in nonprofit management and fundraising all of my professional career, which is um, more than a couple decades. And um, I've had the opportunity to work with a number of nonprofits. Um, Most of my career has been in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, I have worked as a, the executive director of a, um, a nonprofit that served women and children facing family violence. And, uh, and then I've also worked as a consultant for a number of years with nonprofits of all sizes and all missions. And, um, and I really just love the, um, the, the work of drawing donor, donors and identifying their passions and helping them to carry out those passions and make a difference in their community. I moved to uh, Kansas City about three years ago, and actually next month will be my three-year anniversary with Kansas City Hospice. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been just an amazing, um, just an amazing three years that have flown by. My education is in social work. And, um, and I, you know, as I said, I, I've worked with a lot of different nonprofits, but I tell you, there is nothing like Kansas City Hospice from, um, you know, everybody that works at the organization is so passionate about the mission. Um, they're experts in this type of care and their compassion just shows in everything that they do. And I often tell people that, I really, and I think Mary um, is part of this as well and and my team, um, but we really have the best, I think the best jobs in the organization because, um, you know, I can look at all of the, every day is spent seeing all of the good things that happen. So um, working with the caregivers and seeing their passion and um, their compassion for the families and making sure that they receive the expert and dignified care that they deserve. Um, then we also see the um, the donors who want to make a difference and want to give and support that. And um, so we're able to connect those um, to the work and help them to um, to give. And donors, you know, make no mistake, they want to give, they want to support this kind of work. And it's it's really enjoyable to be a part of that. And then I also get to talk to and see the patients um, and the clients that we serve that um, benefit from the support that we get in the community. So it's really all of the best of Kansas City Hospice is what I get to immerse myself in every day. So it's just, it's really enjoyable to be a part of. And I know that we're making a significant and meaningful difference for the families that we serve. That is excellent. Yeah, you are in the perfect position, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, all right. And your role in the organization is important because you help donors to support the organization, of course. And so, uh, what does that look like at Kansas City Hospice? And what drew you to the work in the field of death and dying? Because, you know, that's that's pretty tough stuff, but it's it's also beautiful at the same time. But what, what drew you to that type of work? Um, that's a really great question. I think that, um, you know, personally, I have had family members that have gone through hospice at the end of life. Um, I have been a part of that from the family perspective. And um, I've had good experiences and not so good experiences. And one thing I think people don't always realize is that hospice is not just, um, you know, there isn't just a blanket hospice. 
it's carried out by uh, different providers and it makes a big difference who that provider is and, um, and their expertise and their, their mission in being able to carry out the hospice model. And so um, many years ago, I, well, actually as a child, um, my grandmother um, was on hospice and I remember what a difference it made for uh, my family and my mother who was her primary caregiver and then many years later, um, my own mother was um, cared for under a hospice that was not Kansas City Hospice, um, and it wasn't a good experience for me. And so um, for a long time, I really kind of identified that as that's what hospice means. And it wasn't until um, several years later that I realized, no, it was actually the provider and um, and so when I came to Kansas City Hospice and really kind of checked checked it out and, um, and saw the, the, just the, the quality and the expertise and what they put into um, the work that really drew me here because I, I could see that Kansas City Hospice was doing it right and I wanted to be a part of that. And there's really no more meaningful um, time of life than end of life. And it's really when everything comes into perspective, both for you and for your family. And, um, and I just, I, I love being a part of that. And it's, it's difficult and it's tough and nobody likes to talk about dying, but um, it's something we'll all face at some point. And my hope is that when we do face it, we have an organization like Kansas City Hospice by our side. And it, you're right. It is it is difficult, and but it's also beautiful. It is so deeply meaningful and impactful. So um, that thanks for sharing that with us, Mary. What what drew you to this type of work in this field? Yeah, Steve. You know what? I'm from a big family, uh, and I have been touched by many deaths. My parents, my two brothers, passed away at a young age, and I know for some death can be very scary, but it doesn't need to be. I know it can be beautiful, sacred, and special, and that's important to me, and everybody deserves that. I also know what it's like to navigate the grief journey and the importance for many to have support navigating that. Since I started, I've been helping people understand how to do estate planning and planning, uh, giving tools that can help them not only in life, but also to leave a legacy as well. Okay. All right. Excellent. And Karen, you mentioned that you see a lot of good in the organization. Uh, what does that look like over the past few months while the pandemic is just raging all around us? Uh, that's a really great question. Obviously, as a healthcare organization in the middle of a pandemic, um, it's been challenging in a lot of ways. But um, I think one really positive thing is that we've really seen our community come together in a lot of different ways, supporting not only Kansas City Hospice, but one another through this. And uh, regardless of, you know, where you sit in the, the spectrum of politics and, and health and all of those things, I think that's a really beautiful thing to see. Um, we've seen donors who have uh, supported us even in simple things. Um, and we have donors who understand the ongoing needs that we have. Um, for example, our patient needs fund um, and the, the need to provide care for people that don't have resources to pay on their own. We have had donors that have continued to support those needs, as well as some of the additional um, things that we've seen uh, because of the pandemic. 
All right. And I know that Kansas City Hospice is very proud to say that they will serve a family regardless of their ability to pay and that you provide uh, literally hundreds of thousands of dollars of uncompensated care. And that's why the donations are so important. That's part of the reason uh, why they're so important. If you're interested in learning more about Kansas City Hospice and palliative care, either for the services or possibly to get involved with volunteering or make donations, Here's the phone number. You want to write that down, 816-363-2600, 816-363-2600, or online at kchospice.org. And let's not forget about the Senior Care Live question of the week. Estate planning is only for the wealthy. Is that statement true or false? I'll have the answer coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget, you can stream this program to any electronic device at SeniorCareLive.com or through the app Radio.com. Back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. This is a true or false. Estate planning is only for the wealthy. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... False. Estate planning, Steve, really is for all of us. We can use estate planning tools to ensure any assets we have are distributed in the way that we want, that our loved ones are protected and cared for, and that we leave a meaningful legacy behind, regardless of the amount of wealth we have accumulated in our lifetime. Absolutely. So, so the estate plan just says it just states your wishes and what you want to have and where you want it to flow. Whether you have a little bit or a lot, uh, it's uh, it's it's important for all people to have that. Absolutely. All right. And before the break, we talked about some of the good things that have come from the pandemic, and and I do think is is painful as this period has been and will continue to be for a while. I think a lot of good things have and will continue to come from that. I think one of those good things is that this has made people stop and consider that just perhaps they are not invincible (laughs) and should think about how they would like their end of life to look. So would you agree with that, Karen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a pandemic. This is obviously a time when all of us are are taking a look at our lives a little differently, Um, but it often happens when we or a loved one are diagnosed with a serious illness. So um, it's certainly many times a trigger to stop and think about something that we might have avoided thinking about or doing anything about it for years. And that shock to the system that I think we're all experiencing together Uh, it often causes us to step back and consider if we're prepared as we want to be and whether we've taken the necessary steps to protect and care for our loved ones. And certainly for all of us, um, it's important to make sure that if we become ill, our loved ones know and understand our wishes for our health care and our assets. Okay. All right. So 
Karen, we'll just start with uh, you know super easy question. So who should have an estate plan? Um, great question. Everyone has an estate. And so therefore, everyone should have an estate plan. If you have a bank account, a vehicle, a house, um, any special treasures or like family heirlooms or just a can of coins that you hide under your mattress, uh, you have an estate. And if you don't want Uncle Sam to say who those things go to, um, you need to make sure your wishes are known and that through the creation of an estate plan. And uh, another thing that an estate plan can help us to do is it can help us minimize or even um, avoid estate taxes. So it's good for all of us to have uh, those schools in our. Okay. And one thing that you said that should be a major motivator for everyone, if you don't say what happens to your stuff, the government will. And I don't know of anyone who would be excited about that. So uh, there, there's your motivation right there. <laughs> but uh, so Mary, what is the number one thing that you should have? Well, Steve, it's really not one thing, but a little culmination. So that would be a will, um, an advanced directive for health care, also known as a living will, and or a living revocable trust. Okay, so tell us about those items. Sure. Um, you know, we always advise that people consult the state planning professionals um, when making these uh, plans, but we can help provide the pre-work um, and make it easy for them. So estate planning attorneys or tax advisors to determine what works best for them and uh, that the correct language is used. Um, so, you know, a will is a simple plan and only becomes effective upon our death. It specifies how we want our assets distributed and um, names an executor to distribute the assets, allows for payments of taxes or debts. It can name a a guardian for minor children or children with special needs. And it can also handle other business affairs to settle the estate. Wills do go through probate. They can be subject to executor fees if, um, or legal fees and some taxes. And it can take a while to complete. Okay. Um, the living revocable trust, Steve, is does the same thing as a will although it also can specify how your assets are distributed during life in case of incapacity and after death. And properly funding a living revocable trust allows your estate to avoid probate and minimizes the expenses and delays. So that one sounds uh, a little more flexible. You can use it while you're alive and incapacitated, of course, at your death, and it avoids, uh, avoids uh, delays and some, some fees and taxes. Absolutely, and can be changed as we navigate this journey of life. Sure, right? okay, so, all right, very good. Um, the living will or advanced directive, this addresses um, decisions we have made regarding care as pertains to end-of-life care, so food and hydration or resuscitation at end-of-life care. So we want to make sure that our needs are met, our wants and desires are met. Okay, and I can see how important those things are. So if a person has these three items, would you consider their estate plan complete? Um, those three documents, Steve, are extremely important, but they don't cover every scenario. Um, they might uh, want a few other things, which would be a durable power of attorney for finances. This would allow them uh, to identify who has the legal rights to manage your property or act as an agent if you are no longer able to manage your affairs. Um, 
you, if you do not have a durable power of attorney for finances, the court will assign one. So okay. it's better for us to do that. Your healthcare power of attorney authorizes who you've named to assist the doctors in making your healthcare decisions. And then, of course, the HIPAA, HIPAA documents allows uh, states who can be notified of your health-related information. Okay. And Mary, what is your best advice? advice for people considering not only how to protect and care for their loved ones, but how to leave, leave a legacy of care for their community? Sure, Steve. You know what? Giving through your estate plan is a very impactful way to give. Some people tell me, I don't know what I'm going to need while I'm here, but I'm happy to share with you what I have left. Others will say it's important for me that my children see that, that I give while I'm giving, but it's also important to me to give upon my death. They can mark leaving a percentage of their estate to charities, which is a great way uh, to help both family and uh, charities. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a great, impactful way to give. All right. And you have great peace of mind and you have a resource. Uh, why don't you uh, give out that website address? Because uh, this sounds like an excellent resource uh, for uh, everyone tuning into the program. Sure. Like I said, we have lots of resources available at kchospicelegacy.org. kchospicelegacy.org. It's, uh, we have a wills planning guide. We have lots of um, plan giving tools, uh, ways to um, help avoid taxes, ways to generate income. There's a, a plethora of information there and um so I invite everybody to visit that and let us know if we can help in any way. And is there a fee for that or a cost for that at all? No, no cost whatsoever. All right. So visit kchospicelegacy.org for some fantastic and free information. Uh, Karen and Mary, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate you both. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad to be all right, and up next, I'll provide a news update with information about how fraudsters are trying to get your money and your identity. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. And don't forget to check out our podcasts of all of the recent episodes of this program, again, at SeniorCareLive.com. All right, just want to say thanks again to Karen and Mary from Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And just what great information. And, and it's really important, you know, talking about a legacy and, and, and finding good things that are happening from this kind of this messy world that we're living in right now. I really appreciated all of that information. And, and you know, Karen shared that she has a personal experience with hospice uh, two different times of her life. And I wanted to just quickly share, you know, my experience. It wasn't with uh, Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, although I wish it would have been. Uh, but uh, my dad 
gosh, back in 1997, uh, found out that he had cancer. It's a terminal diagnosis. They said he would have about six months, and that's about exactly what happened. Uh, but frankly, we made the mistake a long time ago before I was a lot more in tune with hospice and before I had a really good understanding of hospice, we made the mistake that many other families make. And we called hospice really too late. We, we, we should have and could have called hospice months and months earlier. So uh, I, well, I would just like to encourage everyone, don't make the same mistake. If your loved one is no longer receiving treatments for their illness and we're looking for comfort care and, and tremendous amount of support, uh, I would reach out to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care and just find out, hey, what is this all about? How can it help my family? Of course, how can it help my loved one? And, and, and how would we qualify? Do we qualify? If you have questions like that and you're even remotely thinking about it, don't wait. We waited and I I, honestly, I, I wish we would have called uh, the hospice provider much, much, much sooner because they were a tremendous amount of support. And we had a very good experience with our particular provider. This is way back in 1997. And what I was surprised with is that how much support they offered for the family and spiritual support and just guidance and and grief support and everything else. So uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised to learn that much. I was, uh, unfortunately, we needed hospice, but you can't really control that. I, but I was pleasantly surprised uh, with the amount of support and just how wonderful that service is. And let me say, I refer every single client of mine through senior care consulting and other people who just want to call and talk about their situation. I refer all of them to Kansas City Hospice and Power palliative care at 816-363-2600, 816-363-2600. You can also visit their website. It is a wealth of information at kchospice.org. And you can also visit another website here, kchospicelegacy.org for some of the items that we discussed previously. And now, Senior Care in the News. A news report from Steve Keeker, President of Senior Care Consulting. All right, so this Senior Care in the News update is from AARP. And I'll tell you what, this is scary. Coronavirus scams are spreading nearly as fast as the virus itself. And they said it as of July the 19th, the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, had logged more than 136,000 consumer complaints related to COVID-19 and stimulus payments, two thirds of them involving fraud or identity theft. Uh, that just that just makes me sick uh, when I hear about these things. Makes me really mad too. <laughs> Victims in this one is just outrageous. Victims have reported losing eighty nine point five million dollars. Can you believe that? And that's just been in the last few months. Uh, so fraudsters are using the full suite of scamming tools, phishing emails and texts, robocalls, imposter schemes, and 
more. So it's just ridiculous. And they're closely following the headlines and adapting their messages and tactics as new medical and economic concerns arise. So, for example, the FBI recently warned that fraudsters are advertising fake COVID-19 antibody tests in the hopes of harvesting personal information they can use in identity theft or health insurance scams. And if you think your identity is just you know, your identity so they could take out a loan or a credit card. Well, think again with your identity. And this is horrifying. They could steal your identity and access your health insurance and leave you with thousands or tens of thousands of co-pays and unpaid bills and deductibles and everything else. That's that's really scary. And I don't think that's talked about enough, quite frankly. So in-demand products and bogus cures. So no vaccines or drugs have been approved specifically to treat or prevent COVID-19 yet. I know they're being worked on, and I think we'll have a lot of things happening towards the end of the year or the first of 2021. Uh, but that has not stopped these fraudulent, uh, can I say they're idiots? Okay, I just said it. <laughs> From flooding consumers with pitches for phony remedies. The FTC and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, have sent more than 40 warnings to companies selling unapproved products that claim they can cure or prevent COVID-19. And they've shut down websites all over the place that are promoting a non-existent vaccine. It's just ridiculous. And they're talking about different teas and essential oils and, and all sorts of other stuff that I can't even pronounce. And IV vitamin C uh, therapies are among uh, supposed antiviral treatments uh, hawked in clinics and on websites and social media and even on television shows as defenses against the pandemic. So uh, it, it's just it, it's it's just everywhere. Other scammers claim to be selling or offering in-demand supplies such as surgical masks and other PPE test kits and household cleaners. And often they'll they'll do this in robocalls or texts or social media ads. And the FTC has issued warnings to companies suspected of of all of these robocalls and 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 they've they're taking down websites with you know false information and uh and, and it it's just it's really rampant i always thought you know if these if these people and, and i always put hackers in the same in the same group they're so good at what they do what if they use their talent and their skills for something positive they would probably be multi-millionaires and come up with the cure for cancer or something like that it's just but they're on the wrong track and they'd rather i guess do all of this stuff which again makes me really really angry so you know financial phonies while most americans are getting stimulus checks under the cares act tens of millions of people newly unemployed federal agencies are warning of a wave of schemes to steal government payments a may survey of jobless americans found that more than one in five had been contacted about scammers about stimulus payments and unemployment benefits. So watch out for calls or emails that use the term stimulus and they want you to sign over your check or provide any personal information like your social security number or your date of birth. And so with economic anxiety rising, all of these crooks, can I say idiots? Oh, I, I guess I just did. <laughs> Are also impersonating banks and lenders offering bogus help with bills at credit card debt or even student loan forgiveness programs. And of course, all of this is absolutely fake. And then 
Uh, you have uh, small businesses are being targeted as well. Scammers uh, are trying to siphon that paytech. Uh, a paycheck protection program, the PPP dollars, uh, earmarked to help smaller businesses and smaller firms survive this pandemic, or they'll reach out to owners with promises of quick capital uh, or help with Google search results. And uh, and again, all of it is literally 100% fake. It's phony. It's not real, and it's an absolute. It's an absolute scam. All right, and then we have phishing scams. And we're not talking about bass fishing or fishing for trout or catfish or whatever with an F. We're talking about phishing scams with a PH phishing scams. So the Justice Department has shut down hundreds of bogus websites, many with the terms like coronavirus or COVID-19 that are in within that domain name. So they, you know, they sound legitimate. Of course, they're not. And they promise vaccines and other aids, uh, often purporting to represent government government agencies or even humanitarian organizations. And the trap is triggered when you contact those malicious domains. You could start getting these phishing emails, phishing PH. They're just phishing for your information, right? From these from these fraudsters. Can I call them idiots? Oh, I just did. <laughs> In an attempt to either plant malware on your computer or to get your personal information. And Google reported in April that its Gmail platform was blocking, and, and check this out, it, it, it's blocking 18 million such messages every single day. That is unbelievable. So just make sure that if you're visiting websites with some of these key terms, make sure you're going to the genuine CDC website or the WHO website. Scammers are impersonating them as well. So here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. Don't trust anything you might see and assume it's a fraudulent attempt to take your money and or your identity. And then check with someone you trust who is very knowledgeable about the information before connecting with that entity that reached out to you. So hopefully that helps you. And coming up next, I'll review the high cost of senior care at all levels. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so let's jump into the high cost of senior care. If you're driving your car, please don't wreck. You might you might want to pull over. <laughs> some some of these costs. I mean, it it's worth it. It's definitely worth it, but it's just it's really really expensive. So. Before we jump into some of the senior care communities and the different levels, and I'll I'll give you the cost, kind of a, a solid average range on these, but 
Let's talk about home care for a minute. So uh, we've we frequently discuss the use of home care on the program, and I'm a huge, huge fan of home care. And many times you have a really stressed out, maybe even burned out caregiver, and they really, really, really need a break. And this, the stress is just crushing at, at some point, and they need a break. Well, a lot of times you might be able to bring in home care support for maybe four hours a day, two or three ta- two or three days a week. And, and that's a very affordable, very cost-effective way to get a little bit of help, give the caregiver a break, and that alone, right there. And, and that, that is, that's very affordable. That alone could make the difference between keeping your loved one at home for months and maybe even years to come versus having to move to a senior care community. And again, there's nothing wrong with moving to a senior care community, but uh, according to the AARP, a huge study showed that 90% of people responding to their study said they would like to stay home if possible. And so that is, that's definitely the way to do it. You bring in a great home care provider, the, and, and, it, and it costs on an hourly basis in our area, in the Midwest here. Uh, it's, obviously, it's going to cost more on the coasts and maybe in some of the larger cities, metropolitan areas. But in the Midwest here, you're looking at maybe $22, $23 an hour up to maybe you know $27, $28 an hour. And that's for someone to come to your home and help you with some of those activities of daily living, maybe provide some transportation, meal preparation, some light housekeeping, do the laundry, some companionship. And so uh, there's a tremendous amount of support that could be had and just brought literally into your home. And although you may say, wow, that that sounds like a lot. Well, that that's relatively cost effective compared to some of these other numbers that I'm getting ready to share with you now. So again, if you're driving your car, don't please don't wreck. You might want to pull over. <laughs> so let's jump into if home care is not an option for whatever reason. There could be lots of reasons for that. And you need to move to a senior care community. That first step is downsizing from your home into an independent living apartment. And this could be a freestanding independent living community where it's like, you know, it's 55 or 62 plus and everyone, most everyone, maybe everyone there is retired and you're going to move into an apartment and they, they might provide one or two meals per day. There's some social engagement activities available and maybe some transportation, but you are fully independent, fully on your own, but you're not alone. You're around a lot of other people. If you feel bad, if you feel like, you know, you need to call, there's an emergency situation, et cetera, you can hit a button. Someone will respond to your call and and call 911 immediately. They don't provide care, but they can be with you until family or the paramedics arrive. And so that is independent living. You're looking at $2,500 $2,500 a month would be definitely on the low side of things, maybe up to $4,500 a month, maybe even just a little bit higher, depends on how nice the place is and how large your apartment is, and then maybe the meal plan that you choose, etc. cetera. Uh, but that's a solid, solid average, $25 to $4,500 would be a solid av- average for independent living. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, that sounds really expensive. Well, If you think about it, even if you own your own home and it's totally paid off and you don't have a mortgage, you would be surprised how much money that 
house is costing you every single month and the upkeep and the utilities and and and, and all of the groceries and all of those sort of things. So and, and the taxes and the homeowners insurance, et cetera, et cetera. You add that up and there's not a huge difference between living there and then moving to one of these independent living communities. Many times it's a wash or it's pretty close. So uh, assisted living is kind of that middle lane that helps you with your activities of daily living. So you, if you move into an assisted living community, and again, in the Midwest, we have a, a solid average of about $5,000 per month to maybe about $7,000, maybe 8,000 might be on the higher end of it, but that's what we're looking at. The variables there would be A, the size of the apartment and B, how much care do you need? So most places have a base charge for the apartment plus a level of care charge that is added to that base. So if you need less care, you're gonna pay less than someone who needs a lot more care uh, they'll they'll be paying more because they're using more resources. And so those are the variables there that would take you from anywhere from about maybe around $5,000 a month to maybe seven, uh, $8,000 on the higher end of that. And then if you transition over to the highest level of care, long-term care, also known as a nursing home, this is the medical model that can provide all of the support that assisted living does as well as full medical care. We have a couple of different options there. Number one, if you have a semi-private or a shared room, which means that you have a roommate, and sometimes there's a wall down the middle of the room or maybe a wall and a curtain or maybe only a curtain, you're looking at, in our area, you know, $6,000 would be on the lower side of things to maybe around $7,500, $7,800. So $6,000 to maybe $7,500 or so, maybe $7,800 is going to cover most of the market here in the Midwest. And if you want a private room, that comes at a premium because you have to remember when you get to long-term care, it's mostly about the care and not much about your personal space. So those private rooms are going to go anywhere from about $8,500 a month uh, upwards of close to $14,000 per month. It just depends on the place and the size of the room and uh, a few other variables. But that gets super, super expensive. And then let's go back and not forget about our friends in a residential care community, residential care facility, RCF is how it's licensed. That would be basically like assisted living light with just a little less staffing needed. And they're going to run anywhere from about $3,000 to maybe about five to $6,000 per month. And then our friends in Home Plus, this is an excellent level of care. It is a Home Plus licensure. And so what they'll do is they'll take typically a ranch style home and make modifications, or, or they might even just build a new one from the ground up that can uh, help residents at, I would call assisted living really on the high end, but you're in a beautiful, literally a home-like setting. It's not home-like, it is a house. <laughs> and so and so that just, uh, that, that's a great option for a lot of folks. That's gonna run anywhere from about $6,500 to about $8,500 uh, per month. And then uh, the other option is to move into a continuing care retirement community where it has all of the above. Typically, it'll have independent living, assisted living, and long-term care. And the catch with that one is sometimes when you move in, some of these places will have what's called an entrance fee, and that is always a six-figure fee from about 150000 upwards to maybe over $500,000 up front, plus that monthly cost of 
you know, $2,500 to $4,500 a month moving forward. Uh, and I won't get into all the different models there, but many, many have an entrance fee. But then some are rental only where they don't have that huge upfront fee. And you can move in and just pay for what you use. And so that is a review of all of the different uh, costs of senior care at all of the different levels of care, including home care. All right, I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.